Welcome to another flipping air cross. We always we always have a false start on our podcast. We always, always, always. Oh my dear old things! Welcome to another episode of Talking Shot, the photography and filmmaking podcast. Welcome to another episode of Talking Shot. I am Ross Grieve, and this episode I am joined by the fantastic Julia Bogio, shooter of shooter. Oh crikey, I'm starting well. <laughs> it's um, it's Wednesday, and it's not even Friday yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Julia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Very good. So I'll start your introduction again because um, I keep fluffing it. My voice keeps going dry. Um, So people who have been living in a cave and don't know of you, people will have seen you at some point in their life. Any um, female listeners or fans of Dead Dancing will, you know, you will be the envy because you famously dance with Patrick Swayze on the Oprah Winfrey show after your own wedding video went viral. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. That was a really good day. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll come back. <laughs> we'll come back to that. But that's, you know, that's not the only reason we've got you on the show. You've sort of gone full circle. You know, you, you started out as an advertising copywriter and then you became a photographer a sort of run run up with the mill that's probably running people down but you know everyday photographer you photograph some incredible people including the queen and including the band queen so that's quite cool (laughs) (laughs) those are two other good days (laughs) and then you've you've come around again with your passion for writing and you've written a book as well, which again, we'll discuss about that. So gosh, there's lots to go through on this episode. So it's really, really exciting and fantastic to have you on the show. So I will welcome you again. Welcome, <laughs> Julia Baggio. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> so how's life in uh, lovely London? Uh, it's rainy right now. Yeah, surprise, surprise. But, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. We've we've had um, we've, we've had a, a good start to this this morning. Um, you've got decorators in. I've had an electrician that's just arrived and wanted to turn the power off. So it's, it's sunny here, believe it or not. Well, it's a, uh, you know what? It's a better start than uh, the other day. Um, I was interviewing the guy who wrote The Karate Kid for my own podcast. And just before uh, I went on to record, my son knocked over a five-liter tin of Pharaoh and Ball paint all over our driveway. Brilliant. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it could have been on carpet. Look at the plus side. Yeah, you you really do have to look on the bright side <laughs> in that situation. So how, how does now, was it eggshell or was it, you know, uh, sort of... A, Thankfully, a it was just an emulsion. It was a water-based emulsion. So uh, my husband went out and cleaned it up for me because I, I couldn't even speak. I was like... <laughs> Did he get excited and get his, you know, power washer out and go, yes, I've got one of my power tools out? Uh, he's, he is going to get it out for the final for the final clean. But oh. yes, he, he did a good job, bless him. And your husband's Welsh, isn't he? Is that correct? He is Welsh. Yes, he is. Yep, yep, yep. Ah. Um, near Cardiff. Ah, there we are. Ah. Well, my partner's from Cardiff as well, so obviously good stock. So, Julia, tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, I've, I've lightly touched on it. Um, so let's just dive into how you got into that wonderful world of photography. Oh, gosh. So I got into photography because I went traveling in South America 
for six months uh, back in the year 2000. I, I was on the Inca Trail and I remember there was this other guy and he had a Canon, what was it, A5? It was a film camera. Um, and I just remember him showing it to me and I just sudden, I just got, I just caught a bug. I mean, that's the the only way that I can describe it really. Uh, uh, as soon as I got back from that trip, I enrolled on a course that I did on weekends while I was uh, still working as a copywriter. And uh, after a few years of doing that, I started assisting another wedding photographer. And then one day I remember I was sitting in a, in the car outside our house with my husband. And I said, you know, I really, I really want to give this photography thing a try. And uh, will you support me? And he said, yeah. Yeah. So we agreed a day that I would hand in my notice and uh, and I was away. But of course, I couldn't wait until that day. I ended up getting angry at work one day and was like, I quit. <laughs> He's like, that was a few months early. I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> I, do you think that's the thing with creatives, though? The, you know, we sort of go, the idea I've got or whatever I've got, I'm my boss must like this. And if they don't like it, you tend to challenge them. And because I've been down a similar road as well, I went, well, I've had enough. I'm going, I'm quitting. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just our creative temperaments. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we get to our point and then we're, we're done. We just, when you come up with an idea, you, I mean, it's really hard to hold off, you know, putting something you've an idea you've had into practice. Mm. Yeah, you, know, you just want to do it right away. So I think that that's a common thread among us creatives. <laughs> so I picked up that, you know, you shot on film to begin with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When I was studying. Yeah. So I was in the dark room and, and doing all that, which I'm really I'm really glad that that's how I learned, because you it really does bang home the principles, you know, the, the lights and the darks and dodging and burning and all that. And, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that I started there because those principles just they just stick with you, you know, when you're in Photoshop and, and when you move to digital as well. Yes, because uh, I was very late going from digital uh, from, from film to digital. I, I don't know. I, was, I guess I was a bit scared of the technology at the time. And, and I was so trusted with which what I liked. Um, mm. And I was a big fan of the dark room, even though I had a lab producing all my stuff for me. And that transition, like you say, going into Photoshop, which you hear a lot of people today going, oh, don't worry, I'll fix it in Photoshop, rather yeah. than they get it right in camera and, you know, save yourself so you can take more photos. When you're working in the studio and you've got you know, you've got uh, well-known big names coming into your studio. How does your thought process sort of deal with that when you were photographing? Is it get it right in camera, <laughs> get them in, get them out? Because your time frame can be quite small with them, I guess, as well. Yeah, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think that what you know, when 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 you do switch to digital, then you do kind of get a little bit of that. Oh, I can fix it in post. You know, there's a lot of head swapping and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, when I was working with celebrities, I did try to get things right first time because. <laughs> I don't know. It just makes things easier. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was the shortest amount of time you had with anyone to photograph? Oh, God. I think I had a short amount when I did Richard Branson. I, had a, I'd, I was photographing at the Kensington Roof Gardens and I had they had this cow, one of those ceramic cows. I don't know if you remember, there were like all yep. these ceramic cows all over London or maybe, I don't know if it was all over the UK. Anyway, uh, so he they had one of these ceramic cows. And so we were going to get a photo of him like pretending to milk this ceramic cow and, <laughs> and he's not patient like he he wants it to be done yesterday and he he um it's funny because he he makes this impatient noise okay as well that does not do much for your nerves 
as the photographer trying to get the shot. <laughs> so, you know, eventually I, I did get the shot. And, and funnily enough, I actually photographed his daughter's uh, babies as well. So I must not have done too bad a job. Oh, that's fantastic. Do you find yourself now, if you photograph people's babies and then you see them, gosh, must be 20 years later and, you know, they're all growing oh up God. and, they're, they're, you know, they're with partners and looking at getting married and they went, gosh, have I really been photographing that long? Yeah, I know. I mean, well, thankfully I'm not photographing babies anymore, but um, I, I did have that. Like, so one of the first babies that I photographed in my studio when I opened it up, you know, she's all grown up now and she's like in secondary school and, and I'm just like, <laughs> where did that talk? Time go. I think my doorbell's going off. Sorry. Oh, oh we've we had wonderful <laughs> sounds going off on on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dog wanted to come in here um, earlier, bless her. She's been ill as well, so, but she would have been, uh, she, well, she wouldn't bark, but she'd uh, be uh, wanting a lot of attention, put it that way. Oh, yeah. bless. But, um, yeah, speaking of children, photographing babies, oh, that, that's a different that's a different league altogether. All weddings, which I started out in as well, I think a mm. lot of people cut their teeth in weddings uh, in mm, the photography yeah. side. And I also talk about how the industry has changed, you know, photographers are going into the film side. But just rolling back to your wedding, did you like mm. that sort of intro? I thought it was quite yeah, quite very pleasant. good. Very, very smooth. Very I like that. Yeah, I was quite pleased with that. Going back to your wedding now, I've watched this dance on your wedding, the memorable dirty dancing lift that you and your husband did at your wedding, and it just went crazy. So talk us through what happened. Well, I mean, that was, it was all really crazy. I mean, it was, it was more than our 15 minutes of fame, you know. Um, so we got married in 2005, actually in uh, a little castle outside of Barrie <laughs> in, uh, in Wales. So yeah, we got married in 2005. And then, you know, James was, you know, he, at the beginning of his career in the film industry at the time. So he, you know, filmed the, uh, the wedding, um, sorry, the dance on two cameras and, and then edited it all together and, and whatnot. And, and it just kind of sat on our hard drives for a bit. And then in 2005, 2007, YouTube became quite a big thing. And so we decided, oh, should we just stick it up on YouTube just to show our friends back in America? Because we had loads of people who weren't able to make it over for the wedding. And we did. And the next day, <laughs> we had like 200, 200 views. And uh, and the Metro called us, got in touch with us. And they wanted to interview us. And we're like, okay, yeah, why not? <laughs> so uh, they interviewed us. And we thought, you know, we'd, we'd have a little column inch in the next next paper. And so James was on the tube the next morning. And they had been they were out of Metro's when he got onto the tube. So he was sitting on the train with his his times and he looked over at the woman next to him and she was reading the metro and there was a full page entire page our face is huge doing the dance big article <laughs> and he just looked at her and he's like can i have your newspaper and uh, you know can i switch with you and she's like uh, why and he's like because that's me and uh and by the time he, he got off at the next stop so he could call me and tell me about it and by the time he phoned me i was like james richard and judy have called <laughs> So it was, yeah, God, it was crazy. It was, it was really crazy. And then from there, I mean, the the press just started rolling in, and and then eventually we we had we went on holiday to Greece to just get away from it all. <laughs> and uh, and when the plane landed, I turned my phone on, and there was a message from the Oprah Winfrey show. They were like, Yeah, can we fly you out here next week? We're doing a show on YouTube. And I was like, Yes, James, clear your schedule. <laughs> we're going. And yeah, they they flew us out. Yeah, had a few surprises in store for us. 
was. <laughs> well, that was that was one hell of a surprise, wasn't it for you? I mean, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, you just don't expect it. I mean, they they said to us, you know, just oh, just learn the first half of the dance again if you could. And we're like thinking, why just the first half? You know, the, the second half's the best part. And not that James would have been able to lift me without the help of our friends, but <laughs> so we learn the first half and we go on and we're like on this episode about YouTube with you know the skateboarding dog and P Diddy and Paul Potts if you remember him and the, you know she calls us up to do our do our bit and you know we, we start doing the dance and the audience is kind of like politely clapping along because we are not the best dancers in the world <laughs> and and suddenly they just start going mad and I'm like we're not that good <laughs> and I just look over James's shoulder and I see Patrick Swayze walking towards me and my heart just stopped and he comes and he taps on James's shoulder he's like can I cut in and I like could not push James out of the way fast enough I'm like yes I'm yours <laughs> take me <laughs> yeah and then he threw me around a bit and uh that was that it's an incredible moment isn't it and that's that's the beauty of of, of video and and YouTube now and that's immortalized now isn't it and you know that's yeah. for generations i mean we got like 10 million views you know and still climbing and much slower now but um and we still once in a while we'll get a media call you know somebody wanting us because apparently in the uk we're the next best thing to actually getting a cast member so <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no it was it was really crazy and of course it did great things for my photography business because mm. i was shooting weddings at the time i mean you cannot buy pr like that no you can't that was that was a gift you know, because all, obviously all the bridal magazines did something on it as well. And, and you know, when we were on BC, BBC and everything, I, I managed to work into the conversation that I was a wedding photographer. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a real, real help. <laughs> but you're, you've always had an incredible strength at PR as well. You, you know, you've, you've got an incredible talent with your marketing and it's always it's out there. It's different. It's something that will create interest and it does grab people whatever you do so it's also down to yourself so (laughs) certainly take credit for that (laughs) evil pr genius (laughs) (laughs) well i can i can see you're in a cave rubbing your hands occasionally so i'm sure there's a cat in there somewhere yeah yep definitely (laughs) so roland you know that that helped elevate your wedding photography business and that sort of steamrolled you into more of a portrait business yeah so what happened was My my husband was in the film and uh, TV business for a little bit, and we actually made a film that I wrote called All Bar Love. You'll never see it. Uh, It was only, uh, it was bought by HBO in Hungary and dubbed into Hungarian. So, you know, maybe there's like a few people in Hungary who have seen it, but that's about it because the recession happened and the distributor that they had gotten went bust. And so that was that. But uh, it was a great experience. But James was looking for something to do. And I said, well, I've got this photography business. (laughs) And, uh, and, you know, we were, we wanted to start a family at that time. And so we thought, you know what, I can't be running around shooting weddings every weekend. So what about if we started a portrait studio and he would come in, uh, he he was going to come in for a little bit and help with the the business side of things and and growing it. And so we found a space and we, we got it done. And around this time, I also started being a columnist for uh, a photo pro magazine. So, um, you know, I did lots of columns in there about starting the studio and, and um, you know, so that other photographers could learn from my mistakes. Uh, yeah, it kind of took off from there. I mean, I I had, I, I wanted to create products that were really different from what was being offered at the time, which is why I came up with the whole idea of the pinup photography. Uh, because at the time, pinup photography existed, but it was very much just in the vintage 
market. So it was not across a larger um, space. And so uh, I started doing uh, my own take on it called Vintage Boudoir and brought it into the bridal market. It really took off. I mean, that was a real signature product of my of my studio in the beginning and really helped to put us onto the map. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was fun. But yeah, James came on and uh, we worked together for seven years. So... <laughs> And you're still married. We're still married, <laughs> amazingly. Yeah. But uh, but then after seven years, he turned to me one day and said, if I have to sh- sell one more newborn photo, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> so um, off he went back to his first love, which was IT, yeah. uh, where he, he still is today in cybersecurity. So, um, but we had, you know, we had a lot of fun when we were working together. And I mean, for any other husband and wife teams out there, I think that the the secret is making sure that you have different responsibilities in the business like if you're both creatives that makes it difficult i think the fact that james was you know taking care of the business side and i was the creative director that really helped to divide our responsibilities and uh and keep us out of each other's hair (laughs) it's a good team and i think when you do that sort of thing everyone feels they've contributed in some way and Mm, no you know, no one is just, uh, you know, the T-boy or whatever, you know, they've, mm. they've made a real effort. Uh, my partner, you know, she's incredibly creative and she will do mm. styling and stuff for shoots and stuff, which I wouldn't think of. And mm. I'm incredibly grateful she comes up with that and she will direct. So I guess she is essentially the creative director on some of my shoots as well. But going back to how you went from wedding photography to portrait, I can completely relate with that because I backed off weddings as well and, and went down the portrait route, which when, and I think weddings now compared to what they were, say, I say back then, um, in recent times. Uh, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> back, back in the day. Back in the day when I did weddings. Um, they're a bit of a beast now, if I'm honest, because mm. there's so much going on. You've got guests, mobile phones, so much more to deal with. The classic, mm. you know, mobile phones, someone stepping out in the aisle, you know, there's, there's and you've got one chance. I like the control of mm. of a portrait shoot, and but yes. you've still got to catch those moments as well. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah mm. interesting place to be. That's why I love this industry so much. But you, you st- get to stay creative, but you can mm. do what the hell you want. Yeah, and that's the best thing about it. But you did that for fifteen years. Am I correct? But- well, fifteen years was the entire the entire career. <laughs> so I was I started the studio in two thousand nine, and then I ended up uh, closing the studio space in two thousand sixteen and closing Bojo Studios in two thousand. 2019. Okay. So, yeah. Gosh, that's um, that's quite recent, really, isn't it? Because I remember yeah, when it you... was very timely, <laughs> just before the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when you 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 were you were talking to you know some of us about you know you were writing and and then the book that you you've just published is is coming out and. That was a very exciting time as well. You could tell what you were writing, you know, on on social media, the excitement that was going on about what, Mm. and that was your real passion to go sort of full circle into that. So shed a bit of light on on your book, which is coming out. So, you know, (laughs) so I've always been a writer. Ever since I was, uh, you know, a little girl, I loved writing. I loved reading. Um, you know, I was a columnist for PhotoPro, as I said, for three years. I loved writing those articles. And it was something that I always knew I would come back to eventually. But I think that I wanted to get some experience under my belt. <laughs> and so one day I just decided, you know, I think it's time. It's it's. I was getting tired of the hustle of the photography business. I mean, we can talk more about that later. But I just, I was ready for the next thing. And I was actually at the SWPP conference 
conference and I was having coffee with Sarah Edwards and I was saying, oh yeah, you know, I kind of want to, I want to write romance novels about photographers. And she said, ah, you want to be the Jilly Cooper of wedding photography? And I said, yes, that's exactly it. And in that moment, literally the title, uh, the plot, the characters came into my mind. So I owe Sarah a big debt of gratitude for that. And yeah, I I was away. And, um, and so I wrote the book, it's called Shooters. And uh, it's definitely what, what, what Jilly Cooper does for show jumping, I do for wedding photography. It's it's a lot sexier than any of us really realized. And, <laughs> and uh, in my book, a lot more sex happens at SWPP conferences. Than, <laughs> <laughs> than, uh, it's so funny, because when photographers read it, like one of the first lines is, you know, these conferences are a hotbed of sexual activity. And they're like, God, that skipped me by. <laughs> So, but you know, it's a, it is a sexy business and people just don't realize, you know, people, when people think of wedding photographers, they often think of like, you know, old, old men that, you know, are just doing it as a hobby and and whatnot. And, uh, and, you know, I definitely, I think that it was an area that needed to be sexed up. So I I did that. (laughs) I think you did that very, very well. And I'd like to put it out there that um, the characters that you've based it on, um, because uh, Con and I is, is one of the lead characters. Characters. And um, so he is, is follically challenged like myself, muscular, <laughs> which I like to think. So I like to think that uh, Connor is based on myself and his assistant is a uh, Bollywood uh, assistant. And um, so Sanjay, welcome to um, the party, mate. And uh, it's, um, I'm glad that you've been my assistant. <laughs> a good friend, Sanjay. <laughs> When you listen to this, um, I'll buy you a beer. No, it is good, and it's it's a really easy read. Coming from a bloke as well, it's it's nice to read something that's done by someone you know. That makes it exciting. But it's uh, uh, coming from a bloke. It's it's an easy read as well. So, and the topic <laughs> it does make you laugh. It's, I think that every every photographer that reads it is going to recognize either themselves or somebody that they know in that. But obviously, they'll yeah. recognize you. Um, I mean, Connor is, is a lot like you. He is very muscular. He does actually have a full head of hair, I'm sorry to say. But um, but I, I couldn't make it too much like you because people would just be like, you know, that's just Ross. Well, so. I, I'm sure Scott Johnson <laughs> is going to completely challenge me on this. But uh, he's, he's, he's away. I think he's away in Hawaii for the conference. So we'll just stick with my theory so you can't even oh poor come guy back <laughs> poor guy yeah. but that, that's an incredibly exciting time for you I mean actually getting something published um, and out there and you know it's nice to have um, a pre-release copy to to have a little review on and and read about that was <laughs> thank you for that but for you to go full circle and writing being your passion and getting back in there it must feel good now for the you know the complete journey you've been like you, we touched on earlier the absolute hustle and bustle mm. of the photography industry and the mm. excitement of conferences and now you're, mm. you you're bringing everything together so that's- yeah I feel I mean I definitely I definitely have plenty of material to um to work on there's and there's there's definitely a few details in that book, you know, from weddings I've shot and and whatnot that are, uh, you know, true to life, but uh, I'll I'll never tell which ones. But it's, you know, so I was, I was actually interviewing, I was interviewing Jerry Guionis, um, who may have also influenced the character of Connor Knight. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And I was just talking to him about, you know, the photography business and whether, you know, how I was feeling and whatnot. And he said, he just said to me, you know what, it's all right if you're tired of the hustle. 
if you're tired of the hustle, it's okay to walk away. And I mean, not that I needed permission, but you know, it just felt, I felt a, a kind of a little bit of a load off when he said that, because I was like, yeah, I, I'm just tired of the hustle. Cause I mean, after James left the studio, um, he, he had really helped me to get it to a place where we were working with a high end client. Yeah. Mm. I, I was f- working with, you know, foreign royalty and celebrities and, and the Mayfair and, and Chelsea set. And, and then after he left, I even took that up a notch. I even raised prices and I went even higher. It wear, it does wear you down. Mm. It does wear you down, but it gives you some great material. So, <laughs> <laughs> so basically that, that 15 years was purely research. It was research, you, apparently. For yeah. your, your writing career, which you know, kind of makes sense, I guess. <laughs> write what you know, they say. Write what you know. Exactly. And, you know, you've there, there's a convention coming up in a couple of weeks, which I'm sure you'll get an absolute plethora of material there that you'll be able to store away for years. And <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm launching the book there. So yeah. I'll be at SWPP. I've got a, a stall for all three days so people can come along and get a signed copy of the book. Um, I'm also running a huge competition with uh, a number of suppliers there who uh, you, you have to go around and take pictures of these signs and put them on social media. And every time you put one of the signs up, it gets you an entry in, into the pot and it, it, the prize is worth over a thousand pounds. So it's definitely worth uh, worth being part of. And uh, and yeah, lots of uh, little goodies and freebies on our stand. And uh, so, yeah, if anybody out there is at the SWPP conference, please do come around and say hello and uh, and buy one of my books. <laughs> yes, it's and it's from the 15th of March to the 18th, 18th of March. I had to think yeah. then for a second. Yes, uh, to the 18th of March, uh, 2023. And plan ahead because there's some train strikes going on, I think. There is. I mean, that was, oh, God. I was just like, no, two out of the three days that I'm at the train show, there's living train strikes. I'm like. Well, I, I drove up last year, being the country bumpkin, I got absolutely pinged by the ultra low admissions, which I yeah. had no idea of and we had just moved and I changed my uh, driver's license address I thought everything's great but I hadn't changed my logbook and of Uh, course everything was being which I thought they would have been linked you would think same agency but everything was being sent to the old address so actually that's good to know yeah that's not (laughs) we just moved house I didn't change the logbook change your logbook unless you want a very very healthy fine Um, oh man so yeah that that was a shame so yes uh, (laughs) travelling to London for anything (laughs) make sure you book that Check. because yeah. you'll, you'll get pinged. But um, no, that, that was great last year, apart from, you know, COVID, been around. But seeing everyone for the first time as well, it's a thing I know I've mentioned before in podcasts as well. The thing I love about this industry, we, we're sort of little isolated subjects and creatures. You know, we work away on ourselves. But when we get together, it's mm-hmm. like we saw each other yesterday. Yeah. And it's just this, this feeling of warmth and love and with your mates and your friends and you catch up and you have the most wonderful time. You share ideas, you go away recharged. And I, I find it the best feeling ever being around um, people like that. And it's it certain- is amazing. You know, and, and even after I've kind of walked away from it, I still have those friendships. And mm. I have been absolutely blown away by the support that I have received as now an author from my old friends in the in the photography industry. And I mean, I'm going to tell everybody here, watch your social media on March 14th, because there's something really, really special coming out that I have put together with my photography friends from around the world, you know, including people like Kelly Brown, Jerry Gionis, you know, Sanjay Ross, <laughs> lots and lots and lots of people. And it's really special. And, and the fact that they've all taken the 
time to, you know, be involved in this little project with me has, you know, it's, it's really filled my heart with a lot of love. It's, 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 it's really special. And I, I think it's such a testament to the, the strength of the relationships that I've, um, I've made in this industry. And um, yeah, oh, get, I'm getting a bit too thinking about it. <laughs> Emotion's good. Emotion's good. We like that. <laughs> Goodness! Oh. <laughs> but I mean, it must, it must it must seem like a dream because you are doing something that you love, and I think I keep touching on the creative thing is that you once you get into something that you love, it it does become a dream. You think, well, I'm creating something that I really enjoy doing. Is this real? I'm getting paid to do this. This is my job. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it does make it hard because you have to do it. You haven't got that. I work for someone and that paycheck comes in. You've got to push yourself. But the rewards are just incredible. And as yeah. you're saying, you know, from from your support around the world at the moment, and and, and that's going to even grow as well. So I hope so. So you know, in order to in order to reach bestseller status in the UK, I need to sell 550 digital copies in the first in in one day. Wow. Okay. Right in one day that that would get me to like number one in the romantic comedy uh thing on on amazon so uh so if anyone's out there that i'm good and and i am lowering the price of the digital to 99p for launch so literally there is no excuse but uh but yeah please uh on on march 14th <laughs> just go and buy the book for me would you <laughs> absolutely yes make sure you get out there it, it's literally a click and it's it's less than Less than a pound. It's a, It's about crikey. That's not even half a pint. So yeah, in, exactly. in, in bare terms, you know, just get out there, um, buy yourself a book and have a giggle. And also uh, for photography friends, work out who those people are because it, <laughs> 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 they're... they're for people who know, know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there's there's something really special coming, and it, I think that um, you know when you when you see it, you'll know it, and just share it, please, for me. Just get it out there, because um, the more people we can get it out there to, the more people will buy the book and know about it. So now you so, did yeah. a, you did an interview with Angela Adams and yeah. uh, an image maker which is a fantastic magazine. And she asked a brilliant question, which I'm going to ask again, Angela, because um, I actually love it. And she asked you, basically, she she couldn't help but try to associate some of the characters in your novel with people that she's actually met at conventions. How did you manage to cloak those identities? <laughs> I don't know, have I? <laughs> oh, well, you know, there are certain stereotypes of people that go to the conventions and, you know, you've got people wearing shirts that say things like Nikon rocks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, you know, there's, there's a scene on a, um, on a course at a chateau in France and I think that everybody will recognize the characters that are on that course, you know, because you've either been that character or, you know, or been on a course with that character so but uh but yeah all names have been changed to protect the guilty brilliant (laughs) (laughs) not just having a book as well you've also started a podcast within Mm. last six months i think 
didn't you? Yeah, in June yeah. last year. Gosh, yeah. that is absolutely flown. So that is called uh, Two Lit Chicks, isn't it? Two Lit Chicks, even though my now partner is actually not a chick, but you know, we decided the name was too good to, to change. So <laughs> I like that. It, it sticks, doesn't it? It's, you know, modern times. Does it matter? No. No. So. <laughs> no. so tell us a bit about that. Tell us a bit about your podcast. So, you know, again, you know, you were talking earlier about my PR superpower. Well, this is all part of it because when you're a nobody in an industry and you need to create a platform for yourself, then, you know, a podcast is a good way to do something like that. Mm. And I was a nobody. I mean, who the hell cares? And now now I've got PRs emailing me and uh, and all kinds of stuff. So it's um it's interesting what you can achieve with a with a well-marketed podcast. Yeah, so it started out kind of like Desert Island Discs, but for books. And so we talked to pretty pretty well-known authors. So we've spoken with uh, Joanne Harris, who wrote Chocolat. We've spoken with Bonnie Garmis, who wrote Lessons in Chemistry, which if you haven't read it yet, then you're probably living under a rock. Then uh, who else? Damian Barr, Millie Johnson. Kit Duvall, we've spoken to so many huge people and I get so much out of the conversations. But <laughs> the one bit of advice I would say is when you're coming up with a concept for a podcast, try not to make it too work intensive because that is where we absolutely failed. Yes. Because <laughs> for each, um, it used to be five books, now it's three books, but we, we ask each person to tell us three books that changed their lives and then we read those books so that we can have a proper conversation about it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, this our next interview is with Fonda Lee, who's a huge fantasy author. And she's she's chosen, her books themselves are, are big, thick books. Uh, so I've got to read one of those. And then I've got, a, I'm reading The Godfather for it and two other books. And it's just like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to accomplish this in two weeks. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know. <laughs> It's, it, 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 yeah, fantasy authors do not know how to write short books. No. So, um, yeah, but but I do love fantasy. I mean, my two love loves in the literature world are fantasy and romance. So I think even though my first uh, books, because this is uh, Shooters is the first in a trilogy, the second one is F-Stop and the third one is Exposure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that down the line maybe I'll write some fantasy I don't know we'll see we'll see where my where my career takes me it's uh that's a nice thing about being an author it's like being a photographer in, in mm. a way you know you can just change your genre and, and mm. what it is that you shoot you go from weddings to portraits you go from romance to fantasy or right what are they what are they calling it now romanticy Romant- is it right <laughs> yes romanticy it's it's a combination the, the Sarah J Mass kind of uh, books where the, you've got a, a bit of both but yeah no it's a it's a it's a great podcast I'm really enjoying it and uh long may it continue <laughs> oh that's a, that's that's very cool that's very cool so make sure you check out we'll put all those details down in the in the description so people can just go and have a little click and jump straight onto your podcast yeah and we do we do uh, literary quizzes every friday so uh <laughs> those, those are quite fun <laughs> people t- t- you know email us going oh, i only got five out of ten or six out of ten so yeah that's that's, that's incredible Brilliant. So two lick chicks, check it out. So we've got, gone from your most ridiculous thing you've done with your photography. What about your writing? Oh, well, you know what? The most ridiculous thing I do with that is I get up at 5 a.m. to write. Oof. You know, because, you know, I mean, we can talk a little bit about my publishing story, which is also interesting, but um, I spend my days uh, marketing, you know, so all day I'm writing emails, following things up, you know, reaching out to people, getting things ready for the conference uh, and launch. And um, it takes up a lot of time. So in order to actually get book two written, because book two is coming out in September, uh, I need to get up early and 
you know, even if I can just get 500 words down on the page every morning, then, you know, at least I'm, I'm chipping away at that. You know, so it's, it's at about 70,000 words now and it'll end up being around 100. So there's, there's a little bit of time, but <laughs> but I just want to know that, you know, I, I'm a writer, you know, I don't want to just be a marketer. So I need to make sure that I'm doing the thing that I love to kind of keep the keep the passion alive. And if I have to wake up at 5am to do that, then so be it. But you're right, though, there, I think because of lifestyles now, there are not enough hours in the day, you know, if you try do nine to five, it's impossible. Absolutely impossible. It is impossible. And I've got two young children, you know, a six year old and an 11 year old. And, uh, you know, my husband works in, in a town. So it's, uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot on my plate. And we've got the decorators in now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're patiently waiting. <laughs> we have a membership with the Wine Society, which I think is really important to help me get through this. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And and they, they like those uh, 5 a.m. members as well, I believe. So, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Little little red in the morning. Well, some, <laughs> somewhere in the world, it's, you know, 11 o'clock, isn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, I did have an interesting. So, I mean, do you want do you want me to talk about my publishing journey? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I over the lockdown, I did a six month selective course with a company called Curtis Brown, and it's one of the top uh, literary agents in the country. And so they do a great course. Uh, I was on there with fifteen other people. We all, you know, were handpicked out of a out of all the entrants, and that was yeah, that was really amazing for me because you know I, I grew my writing tribe out of that, which is really important. Just like just like in photography, where you need to have friends to show things to and to ask advice of, you know, and just to build you up when you're going. Why am I doing this? You know, because we we say that all the time. Why are we writers? Because there's just, you know, the the rewards can be slow to come and few and far between so so it's great to have a writing tribe and so that was really good and it really helped me get my book into shape and then after that course uh, I managed to get an agent which is you know it's hard it's really hard getting agents especially these days you know I've got a friend who's been rejected 50 times already and she's got a great book it's a great book so it is it's a really tough market out there and I went with uh, with an agent she she really did stroke my ego she said she needed to represent me or else she would parent and I'm like, oh, yes, I like that. <laughs> I'm a Leo. Your compliments will get you everywhere. Um, anyway, but no, she was really good as well. So she, you know, helped me make some changes to the book. And then she sent it out to publishers. And uh, and we got great feedback. Like people were like, oh, yeah, we love this. Really great characters. Great read. Uh, but we're not going to take it. And the two reasons coming back number one we already have a wedding rom-com on our list no so i guess it's like the highlander there can be only one yeah but this is i mean don't get me started about publishing and marketing departments but anyway (laughs) and the other reason was that in the rom-com space they were looking to sign younger writers with a better chance of going viral on tiktok oh my goodness yeah so because i'm 48 years old obviously obviously over the hill when it comes to tiktok (laughs) Not really. I've gotten into it and I'm doing okay. But, you know, I did look at, because there's this huge thing, book talk is huge on TikTok. So, yeah, I looked at all the romance authors who have done well on TikTok and they were all under 45 and mostly under 40. So, you know, I think the problem is in publishing, you get the, it's run by young younger people who are looking, everyone I think is scared to make a decision right now, mm-hmm. you know, because once you make that decision, you choose a book to move forward, then, you know, that's on, that's on your back. And, 
I think that, you know, they're looking for easy things that are good books that are going to be easy to market. You know, it's it's odd because I I couldn't have, uh, I would have thought that I would be pretty easy to market with my followers on various platforms and the dancing background and whatnot. Yep. You know, it's all about right now. So we're, we're at the time I had absolutely zero followers. So gosh, um, that, that yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't have guessed that avenue at all for, uh, for, you know, rom-coms and stuff like that or. Oh, it's, it's huge, huge. It's, and the interesting thing is, you know, what's done really, really well on TikTok are, you know, ram- romance genres that are harder to sell in bookstores. So like the really saucy stuff, yeah. my, my, there's a spice scale. Okay. <laughs> My book is a number two on the spice scale. It goes from one to five. Is it Vindaloo so. or, is it, or <laughs> Vindaloo is number five. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm number two. So the, number one is like a clean, sweet romance. You know, not just like hand-holding, maybe a chaste kiss towards the end of the book. Number two is where you get to a certain point and then the door closes. Number three is open door. Four, you start maybe getting into a bit of your BDSM and stuff like that. And five is full on erotica, like blow by blow. Blimey. <laughs> so, um, so those kind of books have done really, really well on on book talk because uh, people are quite <laughs> quite into them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just still getting over the fact that people are promoting something to read on TikTok, which did sort of start out as, you know, kids doing um, dance videos and stuff Dancing, like that. yeah. You know, you, yeah. you look at the numbers on TikTok these days and actually only, you know, half of the people on it are over 35. Mm. And you have a lot of, you know, much, much older people doing really well on TikTok, you know, you know, playing on the grandma, grandpa sort of thing. You yeah. Know? And I mean, there's there's space for everybody on there. It is, but, but book talk itself, I mean, it is really, really blown up. And of course, with anything, it was, you know, it was like the Wild West of promotion for a while. And now we've got publishers trying to muscle in on it, trying to understand it, um, trying to guess what is going to be big on TikTok and what isn't. And that's where it starts to get a bit muddied and less cool. So we'll let's see where it goes. I don't mm. I don't know if it's going to stay as important as it has become, but but it's a definitely an interesting space. And I always find it interesting how like each each social media platform has its own personality. Absolutely. Like what works on Instagram wouldn't necessarily work on TikTok. TikTok. So yeah, you've got to really tailor what you're putting out there to to each sort of platform. Because well, Instagram yeah, well used to be for stills and and photos and stuff like that, and then that massively changed to Reels. And then uh, was it Vero out is meant to be the new Instagram? Well, all for stills. Twitter I still love because I just go down a Twitter, rabbit, yeah. rabbit hole Twitter, with Twitter. Thank God you know Musk hasn't ruined, ruined it too much, especially you know in the writing market as well. You know writers have continued to stay there. I know there were a few people jumping over to Mastodon for a while, but mm. I don't think that really took off. But I actually just did a course on how to do better Instagram reels that was really, mm. really good because, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a visual learner. I need people to show me stuff yeah. or I, so I don't don't get it. So, um, so yeah, I've, my, my reels have improved by a, uh, <laughs> by a quotient of about 100%, 200%. What I've understood from that course is, you know, Instagram was really pushing reels, but now they're trying to even things out again and go back to, not go back to completely, but, uh, but to push still again as yeah. well so that there's a little bit more balance in it so, so it's not all bad news for photographers no it is uh, a silent beach you never know what the hell's going on there so <laughs> <laughs> 
what do I post? Or, you know, and I, I would imagine you're the type of person who is fantastic at scheduling your social media as well. Oh, you would be wrong, my uh, friend. Oh, good. I feel much better. Yeah. No, I am I am not good at it. It's I really need to get better at it. It's it would probably take a real load off for me, but uh nope. <laughs> so going forward, you've got the box. Book, 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 even cracky. <laughs> um, you've got the book launch coming up in a few weeks. That's going to yep. be a mad time for you running up to that, no doubt. And then the excitement of that. And and mm-hmm. what else is going on for Julia? Oh, to be honest, that's that's it. It, it really is all encompassing. Just marketing the book, writing the next book. You know, carving out a new career. I mm. mean, it's um, it's 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 hard work. It's really hard work. You know, you know me. I love a business plan. Yeah. So I've written I've written my my marketing plan for I wrote one for the podcast I wrote one for the book yeah it's uh and and I always wrote one every year when I had my photography business as well so those who what is it I, th- I even think I say this in my book <laughs> those who uh, fail to plan plan to fail. Yeah. Well, <laughs> someone said to me I saw a t-shirt once and just and it was a at an Ironman race and at the back of it it just said nothing great is easy and I think that's so true so true yeah it's absolutely true and there's no such thing as luck either you know I do. I do very much believe in in hard work and uh, making a plan. I think that's really important, no matter what you're doing. Well, yeah, I challenge you on the luck thing. I'd say you make your own luck through <laughs> through hard work. Well, you you do, yeah, you make your yeah. own luck through hard work. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Well. I'm looking forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks. It's going to be fantastic at the show. I'm there all week and and speaking there as well. So um, we'll we'll definitely be um, catching up. And Yeah, I'm actually doing a talk as well. Um, So on the Wednesday, James Musselwhite is going to be interviewing me, a QA and a about writing and and whatnot. And uh, and you're going to record it. I I am going to record it. So that'll be going out (laughs) on, on your platforms as well as you desire. And we'll also put it out on the Talking Shot podcast as a special uh, episode. So that's going to be yeah, very exciting. Thank you. Very thank you. Um, I'll try not to repeat anything that I said here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, well, it's hard not to just, just endorse the fact that Sanjay's my assistant, and uh, and we'll get it fine. <laughs> It's, it's been incredible talking to you, Julia, and lovely to see the excitement in your face and everything. Good luck with the book launch. I don't think you Thank need you. it, to be honest, because I think it's going to be incredibly successful. If you want to follow Julia, all her details will be down in the descriptions and you'll be able to follow her podcast as well. So and until, buy my book. And make sure you buy the book <laughs> and the digital copy as well. So why not buy both? Because the digital copies are less than a pound and it'll help Julia get up to that magic ranking on Amazon as well. So that would be incredible. So once again, thank you so much. You are the first rom-con author that has been on Talking Shot. <laughs> oh, well, you always remember your first. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Thank you. Take care. And uh, you better let those decorators in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. It's finished. It's all over. It has ceased to be. It has run down the curtain and joined the choir invisible. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to leave us a, a review or, or contact us, then drop us a line. Podcast at talkingshot.co.uk. Merci beaucoup. Mwah, mwah.